I sat around all day I used to get stoned I like to get wasted But these days I don't Cause I'm happy With you I got lots of good things To do Welcome to another episode of Paul or Nothing. This is widescreen podcasting and the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. I am, of course, your host, Sam Wiles. Thank you for downloading. I hope you're all 
well, safe and sound. Today, folks, we are going to be going all the way back to the beginning-ish of this little podcast of ours. Of course, this show was conceived originally mostly as a solo affair, hosted by myself, but over time we've had an ever-increasing, expanding circle of amazing guests. The Paul or Nothing family, if you will. You know, some are more estranged than others, but... After releasing so many episodes with guests, I can safely say that the episodes I do where I'm not by myself are by far the most fun to do, the most fun to edit, and for the majority of you listeners out there, I'm sure that they're your favourite to listen to as well. Everyone's a winner. However, I would never have found this out had I not plucked up the courage to ask my very first guest on this podcast to begin with when I first set out to do the show. I knew authors were going to be a huge part of the potential interviewee base, and it really was early on, and I do need to get back to interviewing authors on this show. You know, Tom Doyle, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. But anyway, fortunately for a young, nervous podcaster such as myself, I struck gold with my very first author-based guest. You've all read the title, you know who it is. It's the powerful Luca Perazzi, and if you don't know who he is, you really should, as he's been on this show twice before... And for the fact that he's the author of the seminal Paul McCartney text, the must-buy tome that is the Paul McCartney Recording Sessions, 1970 to 2016. To say it was awesome to have Luca back on the podcast is a massive understatement. And it's a shame we weren't able to talk longer because, frankly, every time he comes on the show, he's only able to talk about McCartney in a way that endears me to him even further, and I could not wait to hear what his thoughts were on both Egypt Station and McCartney 3. We had a lot of catching up to do. I don't think he'll mind me saying that, you know, we are very similar McCartney fans, and I I just love how often our opinions are congruent and parallel. You know, folks, you know me, folks, I'm always up for a good argument here on this podcast, and being a devil's advocate and causing needless debate is something I always revel in. But on occasion, it's just sometimes nice to have someone validate your opinions on Paul McCartney's music. In this episode, we're going to talk about McCartney 3. We're going to go back to Egypt Station. We're going to talk about the McCartney recording sessions and perhaps even a new project coming over the horizon. But before we do any of that, it's time to get all the plugs out of the way with the Housekeeping! So, what do we have in terms of news for today? Well, sadly, we do have an obituary this month. We did lose Jerry from Jerry and the Pacemakers, one of the Beatles' early contemporaries, on the 3rd of Jan 2021. Of course, Jerry and the Pacemakers were the second band to ever be signed by the Beatles' manager, Brian Epstein, and like the Fabs themselves, they too played the cavern hundreds of times. In response to this news, Paul took to Twitter to say the following. Jerry was a mate from our early days in Liverpool. He and his group were our biggest rivals on the local scene. His unforgettable performances of You'll Never Walk Alone and Ferry Across the Mersey remain in many people's hearts as reminders of a joyful time in British music. My sympathies go to his wife Pauline and family. See you Jerry, I'll always remember you with a smile. Again, this is one of those awkward moments where You know, someone passes away and you realise you never took the time to explore their work. And I am now 
currently working my way through a curated playlist of the hits of Jerry and the Pacemakers, and whilst it certainly isn't the Beatles, you can totally see why they were as popular as they were in their own little way, in their own scene, and and I would certainly love to see Jerry and the Pacemakers as a topic be approached either you know, by a podcast or a film in the future. In slightly more light-hearted news, in the vein of the cell phone fracas last year that the media printed as a cultural counter to Egypt Station going to number one, now that McCartney 3 has done the same, several news sources have reported that Paul talks to his friend George Harrison through a tree. Or at least so they print. Uh, this is a weird, weird story that's only been spun in certain outlets and newspapers, but it's definitely trying to make Paul out to be this kind of crazy old kook character. And here's what Paul actually said. George was very into horticulture, a really good gardener. So he gave me a tree as a present. It's a big fir tree, and it's by my gate. As I was leaving my house this morning, I got out of the car to close the gate, and I looked up at the tree, and I said, Hi, George. There he is, growing strongly. Followed by, It's lovely. He gave the tree to me, so I just planted it. But then, as the years go by, every time I look at it, I go, That's the tree George gave me. George has sort of entered that tree for me. So, I hope he's happy with that. And what does all that mean? Well, it means that Paul has a sentimental affection uh, for a tree that one of his best friends that is now dead once gave to him. And in lieu of saying hi to his friend, he says hi to this tree instead. Paul never said he has full-on two-way conversational seances with the spirit of George Harrison floating in the lotus position or anything. Fucking hell, these headlines are pure clickbait spam. And fuck any of the outlets that printed it. I mean, I have a teddy bear made from one of my late father's shirts. Is it weird that I sometimes say hi dad to that teddy bear? Or to the night sky when I'm feeling low? Of course not. You don't actually think you're talking to these people, it's just something you do to make yourself feel a bit better. And for people to print it with this real on-the-nose, lack of imagination, lack of nuance, literalist idiocy is not giving me hope for 2021 at all. Um, anyway, enough of that crap. In regards to McCartney 3, in terms of McCartney 3 news, we are now in the third week of its release and predictably it has shot right down the charts, all the way down, which of course is to be expected as the ravenous fan base have already blown their collective load over the variety of coloured vinyl, so no one's buying it anymore because it's not being played on radio, so of course it's going to fall in the charts. At the time of recording now, in the States, McCartney 3 is clinging on to the top 40 with the number 37 chart position, which is below Billie Eilish's album that came out last year. Here in the UK, last week it went down to number 19, and this week it's very similar to the States where it is at number 38. Now, that means McCartney 3 here in the, in the UK is again below the same year-old Billie Eilish album. But not only that, it's below fucking Fleetwood Mac's Rumours, released in 1977! And, I kid you not, about six compilation albums, including number ones by Michael Totally Not Controversial Jackson, and the ABBA Gold Collection, released September 21st, 1992, 
18 days after Paul recorded When Winter Comes slash The Day I Was Fucking Born. What we have learned here, folks, with these figures is that I may indeed be the only person listening to McCartney 3 on a Spotify premium account. Like, no joke, Paul's online streaming figures have been awful. I know several of you out there will probably you know, listen to McCartney exclusively through physical media, but that's not what keeps things in the charts these days. Of course, you know, day one, you'll get the physical sales, but what Paul needs now is people you know, listening to whole Spotify playlists and stuff like that. Is that suitable for an album like McCartney 3? I'm not so sure. I've been enjoying it, you know, on, on pretty much constant repeat. And I think I personally have already racked up a couple of physical sales worth of listens here. So, you know, Universal, Capital, MPL, if any of you want to send me both the blue and the white McCartney 3 hats to complete my collection as a thank you, well, that'd be just grand, wouldn't it? Which, of course, reminds me of my own news. I did indeed purchase two of the McCartney 3 hats from Paul's UK web store. I got the yellow one f- uh, when the album was first announced, and then well, when that arrived, I checked the store and the red ones was, were still available, so I just thought, you know, fuck it. <laughs> also, as it turns out, I accidentally ordered my copy of the CD, one of the bonus demo ones, from the US store, likely in a drunken stupor. And whilst I, I do appreciate that they are, you know, going through hell, I imagine, to get it to me. I have no idea when it's going to arrive. More on that later, anyway. Anyway, on to the plugs and the details. Please, if you want to get in, if you want to get in contact with the show, please email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. I always want to hear your Paul McCartney stories, your Paul McCartney experiences, your trivia, your reviews. You know, is there anything you want to challenge me on that I've said on the podcast? Is there anything in the McCartney fandom we need to discuss? I want to hear it. Of course, one of the most important things I've been asking from you, the fan base, right now in terms of email correspondence has been McCartney 3. And I've been asking all of you out there to give me your thoughts on Paul's latest, you know, I want to cast as wide a net and get as many opinions on this release as possible. I've heard Lots of disparate opinions so far on all the other podcasts out there. I'm glad it's causing this much conversation. Of course, we've got one email to read out here today. And and folks, I'm so glad this particular person emailed in because, uh, yeah, if you listen to the last episode, folks, you'll be, uh, be aware that I received some fan mail a couple of weeks ago, a package from the States, a big old box, which contained four separate Paul McCartney touring t-shirts and a whole load of fucking vinyl, including pressings of the McCartney interview, Tripping the Live, Fantastic, the McGear album, Tug of War, Denny Lane's Holidays, and most importantly of all, a copy of Hot Hits and Cold Cuts by Club Sandwich, which is absolutely incredible. I still am lost for words by it. You know, I'm, I'm so touched that someone would think that I would be worthy enough to, you know, look after such heirlooms, and they are being cared for so, by, so tenderly by me. You know, they will, they will be with me forever in that regard. And the man who sent me these wonderful items was Tony Vosal. He is one of our OGs. He's one of our Patreon supporters, one of the original ones. And I am so glad 
he got in contact with us to give us his thoughts on McCartney 3. Let's hear what Tony said. Sam, just finished your McCartney 3 review this morning as I was headed for work. Great episode. And again, we do almost quite match in tone and thought. You brought up so many thoughts that I also had. I gave the album more of an 85 slash 87 out of 100 as I found Women and Wives at least decent. I liked his vocals for that song as a one-off. It immediately reminded me of the Fats Domino voice he used on Lady Madonna. Tony, I know you've sent me like priceless vinyl and tour t-shirts and stuff. That opinion's wrong. I'm just going to play a clip of Paul McCartney singing Lady Madonna here and it's going to highlight why that opinion might need a bit of tinkering there, my friend. Let's hear it. We love you. Thank you. Well, Lady Madonna Children at your feet Wonder how you manage To make ends meet Who finds the money Anyway, back to the email. Pretty Boys was far and away my least favourite song. I don't think repeated listens will change this thought either. I also thought the first two thirds of Find My Way was passable based on the hook. But yes, that 1950s Pulp Fiction guitar run gave me goosebumps. Sliding is amazing and brought me to tears, as did When Winter Comes. The first thought I had on the initial hearing of Sliding was Memory Almost Falls, Only Mama Knows. Both of the deep songs are simply amazing, with the rest of the album, quite frankly, just being so damn enjoyable. I do think he will release more music before he leaves us, and will have a setup by where he will release what's in the vault afterwards. Hopefully, he'll be like Frank Zappa and get it all worked out in advance and have someone who will follow his instructions. It really is amazing to hear such good music from someone who is approaching 79, especially since now all I'm trying to do is focus on surviving the world in order to see the Get Back documentary. Personally, I ended up getting three coloured discs of McCartney 3, yellow, orange and green. The yellow dice bag set, two copies of the regular album, one of which I gave away, and the green dice CD, which I also gave away. Not to me, folks. Uh, Tony's clearly a very generous man indeed. He finishes with, I'm so happy you got the box of goodies. Stay safe during this insane time. Your friend, Tony V, the OG. Like I said, Tony, thank you so much for that email. I've already spoken to you off air about my appreciation for your dedication to this podcast. You are called the OG for a reason, of course. And thank you for the uh, wonderful criticism of Cartney 3 as well. I'm glad our opinions are so similar, like you say. 
and congrats on three coloured discs. I can't wait for you to send me them in a couple of years. Folks, if you want to be like Tony and have your email read out on the show, particularly a review of McCartney 3, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. For more constant updates and a more personal form of contact, follow us on our Twitter page, which is at McCartneyPod. Follow our blog, our sister blog, for bonus Paul or nothing content at paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. Coming up soon will be a new article on Linda McCartney. I'm hoping to get that out in the next couple of days. That should be really fun, as writing about Linda always is. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram simply by typing in Paul or Nothing or Paul McCartney Podcast. All of the old episodes are slowly but surely being added to YouTube every day, two or three every day. So go and check that out in in your own time and maybe re-familiarise yourself with a bunch of the older episodes and don't forget to subscribe and all that jazz. If you want to help out the show right now in a way that takes less than 30 seconds and with minimal effort, please consider leaving us a five-star review on whatever platform you are using or if it's something like youtube give us a like or a thumbs up it really helps boost us up in the algorithms gives us that exposure helps grow the community yada 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 you all know the jazz by now and finally folks if you want to help out the show directly if you want to thank me for the hundreds of hours of work i've put into this show to give you hundreds of hours of wonderful paul mccartney content if you want to help keep the lights running if you've ever wanted to buy me a coffee or a beer then please consider checking out our patreon page and joining our wonderful patreon family patreon as i'm sure you know by now is a service whereby you the public can help fund independent content creators such as myself of course there are no ads on paul or nothing i intend to keep it that way and of course things are awful in the world right now i myself i'm on furlough so things aren't too awful but you are under no pressure if you cannot afford it but folks If you've got some spare cash and you don't know what to do with it, hey, consider chucking it Paul or Nothing's Way and join our wonderful Patreon family with names such as Teresa Breda, Stephanie Miller, Louis DiLonardo, Stuart Cook, Cheryl McCoy, Katrina S, Sam Hode, Anastasia P, Robert Carabelli, Warren Butson, Matt Phillips, and the original OG, the truly shining example of the Paul or Nothing fan base that is... Tony Vosal. Thank you for everyone who already supports the show and thank you for all of you who take the time to download and listen. It all helps. But folks, thank heavens we've come to the end of the housekeeping. It's under half the time that we took to do last week's. Let's dive right in, shall we? Let's cut to the live feed. Take it away, me. One, two, three. And now, folks, I am very excited to announce the return of the very first person who was kind or crazy enough to come on this little podcast and talk to me about Paul McCartney. Yes, everyone, today I'm joined by the author of arguably the single most important text for me in terms of getting this show off the ground, if you'll pardon the pun. The book is called Paul McCartney Recording Sessions 1969 to 2013, and the author is Luca Perezzi. He is here with me today. Luca, welcome to the show, my friend. Welcome back. Thanks, Sam. It's a, it's an honor and, and a pleasure to be back. It's uh, I think uh, three years, and so it's good to be together again. Yeah, so, um, we, we uh, randomly we did a, 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 an episode on wings at the speed of sound for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that came about. There must have been a, a clash of schedules or something. But uh, 
you know, the last time we spoke, the world was in a was in a very different place, I guess. So I am just very glad that I'm able to speak with you now. You know. Yeah, it's uh, it's a different situation now, and uh, fortunately, one of the one of the few things, uh, let me say, positive things that are coming is uh, the new McCartney album. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the best news of 2020, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Now. I've been um, reading up on Off the Ground in preparation for my upcoming episode. And of course, I've been going back to your book and flicking back through. And it's very hard not to go all the way back to the start of it and just go through all, all of it again. It is very much like revolution in the head in that way. But something I, want, I wanted to ask you was, of course, Paul's discography isn't just the stuff that's in the book. And there's so many cold cuts as well. And I know you're a super fan who knows that all of these cold cuts, like cold cuts, exist. Like, how did you decide what stuff did or didn't go into the book? Well, at, at the time, I went for a simple idea, which I'm kind of uh, trying to expand. So it's uh, uh, hopefully good news for any, anyone. That would be definitely something in the, during next year. Mm. But at the time, I was uh, focusing on uh, McCartney uh, written compositions and uh, officially released. At time, so I didn't want to go through all the unreleased stuff, which is uh, well, it's worth another book probably. So that's uh, that's uh, the the reason behind my my choice. It was also a reason of space, you know. Uh, well, having uh, everything in one single volume was a hard task. <laughs> so that, that was basically the 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 idea but you know that uh, mccartney's output it's it's enormous and uh and so that's one of the reasons why i'm i'm thinking of uh, uh some additional stuff mm, we'll have to keep our ears, <laughs> ears ear, ear to the ground for that one but i won't i won't lie luca i was heartbroken when i couldn't find an entry for return to pepperland i was like oh no i really, I really <laughs> want to know what he thought about it you know or a yeah. big, big day something like that you know Everything will be will be in the the next project. Promise. <laughs> Don't worry. I will be going through it with a fine tooth comb and realizing there's 50 songs that I have forgot to cover at this point in the podcast. I definitely cannot, <laughs> cannot wait for that. Were you were you ever tempted to include the Denny Lane written wing songs at all? Yeah. Also, also this was uh, you know there were some people asking why these songs were not included. Yeah, the reason is the same. Was focusing on on McCartney's way of writing songs, so mm -hmm. focusing on McCartney's uh, compositions. But also in this case, I'm, I'm I'm doing this work in in another with another approach. So there will be also Danny Lane songs, which I. Yeah. I, I like, by the way. I mean, it was not easy to 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 say. Well, let's let's uh, not include uh, Lane songs because there are some fine uh, tunes. Uh, even though he was not a very prolific songwriter, but he contributed really nicely in some spots. Honestly, you don't have to include children. Children, we won't hold that against yeah, you yeah. at all. <laughs> Deliver your children, though. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on that. Has anything come out with the archive re-releases that was not included the first time around where you're like, oh, I've definitely got to go and add that back in? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's Well, the problem with McCartney is that he's always releasing something, so you're always behind. So that's, that's, that's the, truth, <laughs> the, most, yeah. the most difficult task. And uh, yeah, for sure, I, I, 
this next project will include everything that uh, that came out uh, after 2013 and it's it's quite a long list you know oh yeah and there's still stuff yet to come out as well like as soon as you put out that next book you know his up in the clouds film will be out and that'll probably have a soundtrack with all new songs in it as well and the musical he's working on as well i mean for your sake I'll, you know i wish he'd stop but i'm i'm glad he's not you know <laughs> it's always nice to have uh, brand new content yeah, yeah. Also, for me, it's 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 uh, fun because uh, you're always chasing for for information or for something new. So yeah, I don't I don't want him to stop. <laughs> now, something that I've had a lot more fun with with the book is getting closer. Uh, is you know going through the eighties and coming up through the nineties and, and into the two thousands. And something I wanted to take uh, have your take on, and I'm asking a lot of people this. Basically, as I've been going through, I've I've kind of realised that I, the eighties is not the awkward decade of McCartney's career that everyone points out. W- would you say either the nineties or the early two thousands was a worse time for McCartney musically? Well, uh, well, musically, uh, well, probably two thousands. I'm not very fond of uh, something like uh, you know, driving rain. Mm. Like, I think he, he went through a not not such a good period, also in personal terms. About the 80s, let me say that uh, it was, well, maybe critically, it was not that, uh, it was not a good period for him because he, and he started looking back to to the Beatles at some point. So I think he was uh, considered kind of a passé or something. Yeah, I remember, I remember I was in in, in the UK for the first time in in, uh, 1987. Hmm. And I was expecting, like, well, young people, as me or something, uh, well, talking about McCartney in, uh, in good terms. And it was, I discovered it was not. <laughs> so obviously there was a new music going on at the time, you know. So, yeah, there was a difficult period for, for him. Although he, he, if we look back at his 80s, uh, I think uh, he has two great albums during the decade. Which are, in my opinion, Tongue of War and, and Flowers in the Dirt. It was also mm. critically acclaimed. Well acclaimed, so it's not bad for for uh, <laughs> for for a decade, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me that that it has a lot to do with the attitudes of the pop and rock press at the time, as well as mm. their influence back then. Like so many stereotypes about Paul's career, I bet if, if you do the research, probably can be traced back to two or three critics and a couple of reviews that then just got regurgitated ad nauseum. Yeah, well, let, let me joke about it because I, I saw quite recently, I saw um, a review of Pipes of Peace that was published on, uh, uh, well, I think the, the, the magazine was called Smash Hits or something. Mm-hmm. It was a UK magazine. And the, the title of the review was Rest in Peace. <laughs> all right so that that is quite a you know an example of the mood <laughs> of the reviews of the time well i mean pipes of peace for example that was my my first mccartney album i have ever heard mm-hmm. uh as i i also recall in, in in the book it was a gift from my mother so it was my my first encounter for first conscious encounter with mccartney and i still think it's not that bad I, mean, I love Pipes of Peace. I've, <laughs> well, I, obviously, I've I've come onto it since since we since we last spoke. I prefer it to Tug of War. I'm not joking. I'm not being 
a contrarian hipster. <laughs> I do love that album. I, I think it's really underrated. Press to play, nowhere near as bad as anyone <laughs> uh, make, make, made out. And then, like, the Phil Ramone sessions, like, Paul McCartney's unreleased stuff from the 80s is some of my favourite mm-hmm. stuff of his ever, you know? Uh, well, you know... It... Well, with McCartney, the thing is that he has always something interesting to to say or to play, you know. So even the album is not a well full of perfect songs. Well, we you, you can expect something really original from him. So this output uh, is interesting for some reason or an, or another. So so when I hear to 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 this albums. I always find something interesting. That's the thing. Speaking of albums that might have been maligned a little bit more in later years, let's mm. move on to the album that didn't exist when we last spoke, Luca, which of course mm. is 2018's Egypt Station, the number one Billboard album for five minutes. Uh, <laughs> his, uh, his 16th. Now, the main question, has your opinion on Egypt Station changed much in the last two years? Well, I wrote a review on an Italian website two two years ago when when the album came out, and I was not pleased with it. Okay. So my review was not positive. I I, I assigned him I, to the to the record uh, uh, three stars out of five. So it's uh, it's well, just something more than average. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've listened to it recently, and I must admit there are songs which I like. So there's a sequence of songs, my opinion, that go, goes from um, People Want Peace to to Do It Now, which I find it quite good. <gasps> and I like very much, I like very much, I don't know, but uh, in general terms, and we will certainly speak about uh, it uh, later this new album that is coming is way better i think that is a lot to unpack for me there i will agree with you right <laughs> away that um, mccartney 3 is better um, but i've got the exact opposite journey with egypt station to you i was one of the sycophants at first i was one of those really cringeworthy people on facebook going this is in my top three mccartney albums ever oh my <laughs> gosh and i got really caught up in the hype and what i've noticed with mccartney through what i've noticed with egypt station sorry mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong it's not anywhere near a bad mccartney album but mm-hmm. i think people got a bit caught up in the fact that it wasn't awful and because it wasn't <laughs> terrible people thought <laughs> it was amazing and, you know, I feel like George Martin with the White Album with this, like, oh, this could be a single disc, lads. Come on now. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Though your string of songs, your favourites, that's my lowest point of the album. Do it now. People want peace. That is that is the nadir of, <laughs> of, uh, Egypt, of, of, of Egypt Station. I could easily take it down to a single disc, though, and not have sure, any qualms, sure. but, you know, take it off. Well, I actually have to bring on some of the bonus tracks as well, because once again, Paul is incapable of choosing the best material for his albums. Mm. Frank Sinatra's Party, Nothing for Free. What? Why are these not on the album? Even uh, <laughs> even um, Get Enough. I you know I I may have had as the last song on the album just to troll the uh, the audience. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's always difficult with with McCartney's records because I think um, 
uh, one of the difficult, most difficult things I, I find with, with these albums is to assess them, assess the, them properly mm-hmm. based on, on a few listening. So, uh, well, let me tell you or be clear about it. It's not that my opinion about Egypt Station has changed that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was maybe a little bit too harsh uh, initially, and probably now it's, you know, uh, time has passed, and I found some from some nice melodies i think the album has got some nice melodies but it's way too long mm-hmm. no way you can hear to an album for one hour it's it's one hour of, of music and i i have reduced it to 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 10 songs like 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 it's 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 a uh, it's doing basically the same now with, with mccartney's three so let's narrow narrow it down to 10 songs and you can find something interesting and, and say, okay, it's a, it, it's, it's a good album at 76 <laughs> years old, you know. Uh, but no way for me it's, it's in the top five or, or, or can be, can't be compared to his solo output from the 70s or, or, or earlier. Um, it can't be in that league. Mm-hmm. It can't be. So that said... Uh, again, uh, I think it, it did it did something better uh, this time with McCartney three. So uh, my my problem with 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 Paul these days is that well during maybe during the last ten ten years or something I don't know mm-hmm. is the fact that he has this seems to be anxious of not being. Uh, forgotten which obviously it's mm-hmm. impossible but it seems to me that <laughs> of course, yeah. uh, seems to me that he, he's got this anxiety of being remember remembered as john or at the same level as john maybe he has still some some fear about the fact that uh, well he's not completely sure about his legacy so he, he leans a lot on on the beatles legacy which it's fine. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it's the best legacy of all time. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, so I mean, um, Egypt Station was very pandering to the McCartney Beatles sound. I thought it was quite like Flowers in the Dirt, where there was a lot of tracks, especially like a lot a lot of the backwards guitar on like Dominoes or something like that. Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. was that was very like you remember the Beatles, don't you, everyone? Yeah. And that's. <laughs> Well, so um, I mean, he, he leans on the Beatles a lot, which uh, I repeat myself. It, it's it's fine because it's it's his legacy. It's not other 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 people' legacy. <laughs> he was part of the Beatles, and he was a leading force of the Beatles, obviously. So sometimes it's like a you know, uh, it's like a chef who knows perfectly the tastes of. Uh, of his uh, guests at the restaurant, and he knows what to cook for them, to you know. So he perfectly knows. He, he can he can knock a, a, a song a day. I mean, he, mm-hmm. I think he, he he said something like that in a recent interview. He can he can write a, a song today, and he can write another song tomorrow, and he can. This this is a kind of material that ninety percent of the time he. he can be included in an album, uh, but the fact that is he has got this this uh, this way of uh, composing, it's it's very easy for him to find a melody. Well, it's sometimes it's uh, it requires some 
some other people on the other side, mm-hmm. uh, for example, for example, a producer <laughs> who says, well, <laughs> let's not do it. Let's move on. Uh, so that's uh, that's probably one of, of the main problems he encountered during during his his careers. I mean, we know that we, we, we love Paul <laughs> and we love uh, uh, um, most of, of the things that that he does. Uh, but let's be honest, sometimes it's too much, maybe. Yeah, and I think the producers on the last two McCartney records before McCartney 3, uh, New and Egypt Station, were definitely not filled by yes men, but they were just filled by the generic best guys in the business at that time who would all cut off their left arm to work with McCartney. And they're not going to say... No, 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 let's trim half of these songs. Like, mm. where was Nigel Godrich when you need him? Just to go, come on, mm. Paul, start over. Let's pick the best here. Let's not just make another version of New. Because, obviously, I haven't got to New in the chronology of this podcast yet, but I've been a bit of a naughty boy, and I've checked it out. And mm. New and Egypt Station are much more similar than I would have imagined, if I'm honest. They both have a, that kind of same mccartney pop rock aesthetic you know you chuck a couple of acoustics in there it's it's just the evolution of the album that we saw on tug of war or on flowers in the dirt off the ground it's just that same kind of trajectory but something i'm 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 not able to have any knowledge of because i wasn't a mccartney fan at the time was was there the same aura from mccartney that he was chasing the number one album chart position with new like were there 50 different editions of new on day of release for pre-order or or was it a bit more subtle than that uh well i think these days maybe it's mm, even more aware of this because this this trend is going is going on and on uh so at the time maybe it was not that uh uh extreme mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so it did something very very um, you know clever with the, with the marketing of uh, of Egypt Station, so clearly he wanted to be number one again to 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 set a new record, mm-hmm. you know, in his book. Uh, it was not it was not needed in my in my opinion. I think it was a very artificial trick. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was number one for five minutes, as you said. So it's it's not very significant these days. We, we all know that um, uh, with McCartney uh, and and all this. This artist from from the sixties or from the seventies, there's a hardcore uh, fan base which which you know uh, buy buys everything so, soon as, <laughs> as as soon as as the album is out and even multiple configurations. So he, he knew that there was a bundle of uh, you know ticket concerts and and an album. So he perfectly knew what he was doing. <laughs> And he, you know, I don't care for 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 number ones or, or chart position these days. It's a good it's a good thing to 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 look at, but these days it's not that significant. I mean, it's uh, it's a different story. It's weird that like arguably like the most retro thing about Paul McCartney is not his music, but his approach to the music industry. It's like. If you ask any Paul McCartney fan who's under the age of 30, do you mm. care that Paul McCartney makes it to number one over Taylor Swift? No. 
Not, <laughs> not, not at all. Also, just as an aside, Luca, obviously Paul did that interview in Rolling Stone with Taylor Swift a, a couple of weeks ago. He must be pissed off with her that she's just announced a new album to be released on the 18th of December, the same day mm. as McCartney 3. He's got to be fucking fuming at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it could be. I don't know if... Uh, well, everything that Paul does in, in a, from a marketing perspective is very well studied. Mm-hmm. So, well, interview Rolling Stone, the, the, the dates of the albums, well, I don't think they are, they are really, really casual or, or improvised. I think they know what they're doing. Um, well, this is my opinion, and so this time he, he, he leans on on her for having some you know, additional promotion. Well, I, I don't understand this because I see the point. There's there's nothing bad on it. It's a marketing, and so let's let's do everything that uh, that puts you on on uh, on the cover. <laughs> it's okay, but mm-hmm. well, it's not needed. It, well, I think he, he he wants to do it. So he likes to be in the spotlight, and that's uh, that's uh, sixty years in the spotlight for one single person. It's it, it changes you. I mean, it, you cannot be without the spotlight at mm-hmm. some point. So it's it's very hard for him to not to be in the spotlight. And I think someone else has been pissed off from uh, McCarthy's decision to to go out with an, with a record in December 2020 <laughs> because it's uh, it's 40 years from John's uh, departure it's uh, I think they pushed back the the re-releases of uh, plastic on a band and and all things must pass so there was some there was definitely something strange at some point with all these reissues coming and McCartney's new album so I think they have to you know, to cut the cake in different pieces and say, okay, this is your, <laughs> this is your slice, and and next January, it's it's ours. So, well, it's it's very involved in the marketing, isn't it? Yeah, Capital have definitely rebranded Paul to be this new phase version of of himself, where he is as ubiquitous and as all over the the you know <laughs> the, the place as an act like Taylor Swift. I believe he's going to be appearing on the Jimmy Fallon show very mm. soon as well. I fucking hate Jimmy Fallon. I'm not looking forward to that. But you know, Paul's got to do what he's got to got to got to do. He did carpool karaoke for Egypt Station, which was probably the most cringeworthy thing since Ebony and Ivory. But I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to dwell on it, Luca. I'm not going to dwell on it. Now, let, let, let me ask something very, 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 you know, curious. Um, um, back in uh, in June, when it was uh, his, his birthday. This website, the Italian website, asked me asked me to to write a piece uh, about uh, McCartney's birthday, but also f- about McCartney's future, <laughs> which is kind of uh, you know uh, uh, unusual. You know, let's talk about the future instead of the past. You know, something something different. And I and I and I wrote something like, uh, well, I'm sure that uh, during the, the 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 pandemic, Paul uh, did something. I, I wasn't aware at the time. So I was hoping for uh, an album with uh, with McCartney all by himself. So I, I, I wrote down this piece and I said uh, I want I want a McCartney album with McCartney McCartney as a musician, as a producer, with no engineer, with no marketing, no promotion. Well, it was I was right for the <laughs> half of it, <laughs> for the half of it. Uh, when it comes to marketing and and, and things, it, 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 it 
he can't resist to do all these appearances and all these things. So he likes to be to be the center of attention. And uh, well, it makes sense. You know, you you want to market an album like he did for for fifty and more years. So so let's uh, let's see what happens. Let's see if this kind of promotion uh, would be would be you know. Uh, what we expect from uh, from him, I don't know if he's going to play new songs or something. Well, let's see. I was not uh, that thrilled to see him uh, doing that uh, appearance uh, when he played Lady Madonna last spring. Oh, it was, it was I not the best. That. I forgot. Oh, don't, uh, why do you remind me of that, Luca? Oh, no. <laughs> oh I'm no. sorry. Lady <laughs> Madonna, it's like it's Paul. Just, just sing it properly, please. Just, just sing yeah, the song properly. Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Before we move on to McCartney three, I want to just mm-hmm. get some uh, hot takes from you. Give me three of your favorite songs from Egypt Station and three of your least favorite songs from Egypt Station, including uh, bonus tracks. Including bonus tracks. Well, I don't know. It's it's a fine track, I think. Um, well, second, um, uh, happy with you. It's simple. Oh, yes, yes. And I think it's uh, and Dominus, which is is very very catchy. I think it's maybe it goes uh, a bit too long uh, at the end, but it's it's very very catchy. It, w- it would have been a, a number one single in the seventies. <laughs> yes, uh, that's, that, that, that's so that's so true. Actually, yeah. You know, you uh, put that on Venus and Mars or something. Bam. Yeah, yeah. And the least favorite, I think the um, well, despite repeated warnings, uh, mm. it's not a favorite of mine. It starts off very well, but I think it's uh, it sounds forced to me. All this uh, this this twist and turns with with this different part of well, I don't I don't like it. And well, fool you, it's. It's horrible, <gasps> horrible in my opinion. Oh, it's, no. it's, uh, well, it's very catchy. I mean, but let's use for 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 some um, for some publicity, for some uh, sp- spot, for some some product. Let's use it as as a pure marketing tool. Not not put it on an album. <laughs> and I don't like, um, well, I don't know. Come on to me, and it's not my kind of uh, song. It it started. It's boring after after uh, some, some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's then, as you said, uh, how, how can you assess back in Brazil? I mean, the the, the lyrics are are horrible, and but the melody, it's you know, it, it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people want peace and do it now. Are very, you know, well, the lyrics is not really good, but. But there are some melodic uh, ideas which is fine. I mean, it's it's not easy, but you know. So that's uh, that's my my assessment basically. Well, Luca, considering that you were actually quoted in the Wildlife Collection box set that was released a few years ago. Since two of my least favorite songs are "People Want Peace" and "Do It Now," I don't think I'm going to be quoted in any of your books in the future. That, that's... <laughs> no, 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 it's not true. It's not true. No, no. This is a matter uh, of, of tastes, and and I, I mean, um, if you, I was very shocked uh, at the beginning. I must admit that McCartney's music is something that you want to analyze, and if you go into this different mood, 
you can always find something interesting. This is the thing. And that's that's another another story. So McCartney does pop music and pop music is is to be uh, listened and re-listened and, and, and you can find some little tricks here and there which are interesting anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I told you, Age Station is not one of my favorite albums and uh, I know I'm in the, in the minority because uh, I, I, I've heard a lot of praise about it and that that is another another problematic thing these days i mean it's not easy to really be sure about the assessment of these albums in 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 the magazines these days because i don't think they are speaking the truth that's interesting i mean mccartney 3 has been getting roundly posit- positive reviews um uh-huh. which i mostly agree with though uh, some of the songs that critics have pointed out as being like their least favorite have been my very favorite from that album. But you know what? Let's use this opportunity to shift directly into McCartney Three territory. The most important question at the start here, though, Luca, is: Do you prefer McCartney or McCartney Two to this album, or, or oh, between the two? Between the two. Uh, between the two, McCartney, the first one. Interesting. So. Well, I mean, this album has been described a lot as being more McCartney 1 than McCartney 2. Do you think that's accurate at all? Because I don't. Mm, no, I agree with you. It's it's a different league. It's uh, it's 50 years. Well, uh, what's the difference between this approach and, uh, you know, electric arguments approach? It's very similar, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's McCarthy doing all the stuff and uh, playing uh, nearly all instruments and something that he did also in the past. Even we, we can find a lot of albums where there are guests, but he, he plays eighty-five percent of the instruments. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't I don't think it's uh, it's in the mood of of McCartney necessarily. It's it's on the opposite. Uh, um, it's the opposite of uh, of Egypt Station to to some extent. I mean, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's underproduced. It's it's not that uh, you know refined. So that's why I like it. Honestly, I have been waiting. For, I, I didn't know I've been waiting for McCartney three my whole life, but now that it's arrived, I'm so, I'm so happy it's here. <laughs> it's shockingly good. I I was very prepared to go in with very lower expectations and be like, look, he's seventy eight. This is COVID. You know, he, he probably had his grandkids telling him these songs were amazing. It's probably, it's probably going to be awful. And, you know, I got I got into the first four tracks, and this is my my my, my hot take on, on the album. I love the opening track. I love the opening instrumental. Really fun. Find My Way is nowhere near as good as anyone else says it is. I find it quite mediocre to, to the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. And then Women and Wives and Pretty Boys are, is the, the real low point. Women and Wives is a bad Paul McCartney song. I really don't like it. I know why people like Pretty Boys. It's got some quite sublime little guitar on it. But mm-hmm. once we get into Lavatory Lil, it just shifts into 10 out of 10 songs just from that point onward. It's such an incredible run. Deep down, deep, deep feeling, sliding, mm-hmm. uh, seize the day. Oh, my God. So many classic songs are going straight onto my McCartney playlist here. And... Just straight off off the bat, even you know when I was really hyped up in Egypt Station, I'd like a greater percentage of this album day of release than even Egypt Station. 
Well, I, I, this this time it was very, let me say, surprised. I enjoyed it very much from the start to finish. I I see your point uh, with the, with the first songs, but uh, except for for the instrumental um, long tail winter bird, which I think it's it's way too long. Okay. It's way too long. So it's a well, it's low key fair to to some extent this album. So. Um, well, final way I like very much the, the instrumental coda with the with the guitars. I think it, this lines are very very catchy, and uh, uh, well, women and wives for me is is one of my favorites. I I, I know really? it, it oh sounds yeah, it's uh, it's a strange yeah, I know, <laughs> I know it's it's um, but it's it's unusual for him. It's it's a very different approach to to also vocally speaking to what he did uh, in the past. It's mm. uh, he explained why he, he, he sings like this, like a old blues man. Muddy waters, yeah. Yeah. He, he, so I, I like it. I like it. And um, so again, it's a matter of taste. I think over overall, it's um, it's a very very good album and. Uh, and I think uh, this time the the praise is uh, is okay even from uh, from all those magazines. Uh, so I think uh, McCartney fans will be very very pleased with this kind of album. A hundred percent. I mean, speaking of all these reviews, it's been so much fun putting together my expectations for these songs. Like, I don't think I've had a McCartney song be hyped up more than Deep Deep Feeling in in the current climate like every single review has talked about this song this mm-hmm. this eight minute centerpiece mm-hmm. and again i went in with low expectations i was like oh this is going to be a really indulgent paul mccartney noodle my mm-hmm. my god it's like <laughs> uncle albert admiral halsey or a long-haired lady or something like that it's got that real grandiose uh kind of just excitement to it it's really expansive and explorative and yeah. if you don't like Indulgent Paul, then don't listen to the McCartney-titled albums. Just listen to, like, Wings and his generic stuff, because it's going to be Indulgent. It's got his fucking name on the title. And <laughs> there's not a single song that I like on here that I would cut short. Though my thesis on this album is that it's definitely more stoner rock than rock, and that's just coming from personal experience. Um, <laughs> it, this definitely has a, a real stoner rock appeal to it, especially in the way that it just kind of drones on, and uh, that and, and and that's not a negative. I love getting into a vibe and a groove like that. And there's so many times on on this album where lesser artists would have cut the song to, at like two and a half minutes, but deep down, five minutes forty, I'd listen to a ten minute version of of that song. I really hope it, yeah. it, 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 it's like McCartney too. When in twenty years we're gonna find out there's an eighteen minute version of Dark Room or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's overindulgent in places, but it's it's uh, the fascinating uh, side of this album. I think it's uh, the way you build this album is very clever, and uh, he knows he knows perfectly what fans like. Uh, the many fans like this side of him, and I think it flows. It flows very well. This album, it's uh, it's 44, 44 minutes, and it flows very well. So I'm I'm with you uh, with um, about deep deep feeling and deep down, which are really nice pieces, and uh, I enjoy it very much. So oh, that, this, this time, uh, yeah. 
I wrote a couple of reviews again on on Italian magazines, and uh, I rated nine out of ten this album for a number of reasons because it's uh, because it's Paul at at, at seventy eight. Uh, no one can 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 deliver an album like this. I, I enjoy also other artists, obviously, uh, but no one can match this man when he does these kind of things. It's not perfect. I mean, this album is not perfect, but yeah. it's uh, uh, but it's again, it's a, it's a part of uh, of the. Uh, of the enjoyment of this of this album. Well, let's hear some McCartney that goes on and on. All right. So let's uh, do not uh, not trim all the songs to uh, to a three minute piece. So this time we can hear McCartney doing things for eight minutes. Okay, I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Just that 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 those the, the, those guitar uh, notes on deep down when he goes. Uh, oh, it, it, my, my, I felt my heart go lighter. I was like, you know, when you first hear uh, the chords for um, Morse Moose and the Grey Goose, or you hear the uh, the opening piano riff for uh, uh, 1985, uh, uh. it had that excitement to me. I felt like, oh, <laughs> um, I mean, Songs Off Egypt Station had that for me as well. Domino's gave me a, a, a rush, Happy With You, certainly. Mm-hmm. But this album had so much more... Uh, fan reward to it. it it wasn't pandering to the fans in the way that a lot of egypt station was but it just felt like this is a reward for, for people who have been keeping a tab on the progression of paul as an artist it's like yep it totally makes sense that this is an album he's made it's not predictable but it slots into place in the narrative so perfectly yeah yeah i think well the, the example you you have uh, made about uh, the, this guitar line it's a perfect example of of why uh, McCartney is is master in melody. I mean, uh, uh, you have this song which kind of, which reminds me a bit of uh, some rude rude demos, rude studio demos things mm-hmm. from the seventies. It it has a vibe with with the electric piano, with these big drums, which I'm not sure is a real drum or or, or if it's a Electronic drums. Well, it, it seems a bit mm-hmm. of of uh, of the of both, <laughs> but and and then you have this quite minimal melody line for the vocals, but then it has this guitar line which you can hum for years, and that's that's incredible. I mean, <laughs> that's I, I felt the same the same way. I was I was very very you know. I was enjoying this, this very much. This line of guitar is very catchy. It's uh, <laughs> something very peculiar. I mean, it's uh, it's something that uh, that you can you can hum and you can um, you can remind instantly. It's not like when you go and see a Jurassic World film or one of the new Star Wars, though, where it's like, oh, this is just a corporation trying to coldly milk your nostalgia. For, pro- mm. for like profit it's just that Paul is able to connect to so many of the things that made us fall in love with him in 1970 as well and he just does it again but differently and, and in, a, in a fresh way and my god it's worth it I'm so fucking glad that 2020 could at least be ended <laughs> with McCartney 3 I mean if, if, if we didn't have this album now it'd be, it'd be like oh 
what happened in 2020? Oh, we had a flaming pie archive box there. It's like, oh, that's it. God, it was a yeah. bad year, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, this this changed uh, changed our our, uh, <laughs> our perspectives. So, one question I do want to ask you: What do you think of Paul's voice on this album? Because his voice is always criticised, as you know. Uh, I, honestly, I thought he sounded fucking great on this record. Well, me too. I think it's better than uh, than Egyptian and mm-hmm. better than new. So it's more natural. There's there's a lot of tr- there's some treatments here and there, but it sing it sings uh, fine. Uh, he went for the falsetto on um, on the Kiss of Venus, which is beautiful. A bit, but but in the end, you know, uh, find another man who at seventy eight can reach these notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's uh, yeah it's it's not the falsetto that he used in in so bad or, or girlfriend the the the, the this, this was a great falsetto. <laughs> Thank God he's not using the one from girlfriend. No, no. it's it's yeah it's it's different. But it was it, now it's he he learned to 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 sing in in a different way. Which again it's uh, it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy when you when you're losing your your voice. To understand how to use it in another way, because you you always tempted to 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 look back. Uh, well, I've lost my my power. I lost these notes, and and I think he, he did a wonderful job on, on uh, trying to 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 you know change his, his his voice. And I think it sounds perfectly fine in this in this album. And there's another reason why it's it's number one. I mean, it's. Uh, there's no one, no one uh, at this level. Can we find someone from the past which is that? Let me use this word relevant as McCartney at 70 years, 78 years old. I don't think there's any other example in pop music of uh, being like like uh, he is now. I mean, like, did like, Bob Dylan release a new album this year as well? Yeah, yeah. Did he go on Jimmy Fallon and have a front cover with Taylor Swift? Obviously, he wouldn't want to do those things. It's a bad example. But are people talking about that that John F. Kennedy song anymore? I don't think they are. I th- I'm very biased when I say this, but I think it, McCartney 3 is going to be an album like McCartney 1 and 2 that is going to be talked about for the next 100 years at least. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's not one. Let's let's wait uh, for for the general release uh, of this and uh, and let's see. But I think it's it's a fine piece of work, absolutely. And there would be there would be some um, some bonus tracks on on uh, some editions. I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. among this this flood of editions. There would be some. CDs, each one with a, with a bonus track mm-hmm. on it, and well, a lot um, of them are bonus demos. It said on the website, so I'm not even sure if it's going to be real tracks. Because I can I can tell you which are these tracks. You know sure. this. I know this. What? Uh, the, what? But newsflash, folks. We've got a breaking news here on Paul. Breaking news. <laughs> we've, so, we've, we've got a scoop, ladies and gents. We've got yeah, a scoop. let's go for it. So, first one uh, would be a studio outtake of Women and Wives. So, Laura Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Second studio outtake would be Lavatory Lil, which is uh, is a track I like very much. <laughs> uh, there's there would be the phone demo 
of uh, the Kiss of Venus that was partly was that on aired. Soda Jerker? The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That there was a film demo, and then it seems that the fourth would be a, a jam session uh, from uh, uh, Dusseldorf soundcheck of Sliding, which which I don't know if you if you know this, but Sliding is the only track which features other musicians, so it's not Paul all by himself on, okay. on Sliding. Sliding features Abe Laboreal Jr. on drums and Rusty Anderson on guitar. Okay. Bass and guitar are by Paul. So it's the only track which, uh, which uh, you know, feature additional musician, and it's co-produced by Greg Kirsten. So I think it could be... Oh, my could God. Well, could well be a, a, an outtake from Egypt Station Sessions. <sighs> I mean, in the next 10 years, there's, go- there's going to be another edition of your book where, where there'll be confirmed proof that sliding was written in, say, 2013 or something. I mean, it does have that very... I mean, it's already been confirmed to the Arctic Monkeys. But when I told my friends, oh, this is the song that everyone says sounds like the Arctic Monkeys, and then I played the opening riff, mm-hmm. they all started laughing because... It is exactly that. They weren't laughing. At, they, they were laughing with it, and oh. yeah, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it it definitely does sound like the one song where McCartney may have had help from other people saying, "This is what the kids like, Paul." You know, um, <laughs> yeah, just I'm a, sure. just going back to your point about Paul's voice, though, uh, mm-hmm. songs like "Sliding" are incredible examples of how Paul might still get some fucking longevity out out of his vocal performances, like. Obviously, you're going to get Abe and Rusty on stage going, I can die trying. Like, Paul's not, not going to be doing that bit. But he is so capable next year of going out and going, sliding, gliding. Uh, and it'll be good. I think, I, th- yeah. I think it will. It will. Yeah, the, the, the other thing that we have to consider with McCartney is that, uh, while he's a musician, he plays a lot of instruments, he, he, he sings, and he, he, he produces... He produces also. So this is a perfect example of uh, uh, how good, uh, even though it's co-produced with Kirsten, but how good is he is also as a producer because they they just decided to put the vocals, not uh, not put it forward, but some sort of sort of in the background. But it works perfectly. Mm. I think it's a, it's a it's a clever idea. And uh, and it's original. So one, one, when you hear McCartney's records, there's always something different. There's always some sonic ideas that uh, you, makes you think, "Wow, it's it's really good. It's really it's really original. It's really different." That's what I like. One thing that I was slightly disappointed with McCartney three, and this is mm-hmm. only because I'm I'm a huge McCartney two fan. Mm-hmm. Where are all the indulgent instrumentals, Paul? I was expecting three at a minimum, not one to start the album. I wanted like 16 minutes of secret friend, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, I'm really hoping that we're, we're going to get some more instrumentals from this because, the, like, say, take a song that I'm not too fond of, Find My Way. That's got mm-hmm. some instrumental parts in it, especially the coda at the end that goes on for about a minute and a half. That's some of the best stuff off the album. Paul mm-hmm. doesn't even need to... Like, even if Paul lost his larynx tomorrow and he couldn't speak, that would not prevent him from producing... A, um, whether it would be a Fireman album or not, if he lost his voice tomorrow, he could do a totally instrumental album of stuff like Front Parlour and Frozen Japanese 
and mm -hmm. I'd buy it and it would probably be just as good as this. He he doesn't need to worry. And I reckon we've got at least another two McCartney albums yet to come out. Well, I really, I really hope, uh, although it's, it would be more money out of my pocket, but I really hope there would be a deluxe edition of this McCartney. There will. I'm, I'm, sure <laughs> I'm sure one's been announced in the rumour mill anyway, kind of early early next year. Uh, did did you get any of the Egypt Station extended ones? Did you get the Travellers yeah. or Explorers or whichever mm -hmm. one? Yeah, uh, yeah, everything that was needed except for for you know the the case, the big case. <laughs> I didn't I didn't go for the case, but I I went for for the other for the other editions, uh, mm -hmm. which had additional tracks. So I'm a completist. I must admit this. So at least I wanna I wanna have all these uh, extra songs on, on CD. Uh, that's uh, that's one of my favorite hobbies <laughs> to collect uh, all these little things, which is kind of crazy. But if it's not too much, I can go for it. I'm not um, too keen on collecting different uh, colored vinyl, <laughs> but I go I go for for different CDs and all these things. So Japanese, all these things. I I, I indulge a bit on doing this collection of mine. Have you uh, have you ordered the hat or the dice or the t-shirt or anything? No t-shirts, no no dice, but the four different CDs with a bonus, mm -hmm. and uh, also the Japanese edition, which probably collects all four additional tracks, just to have it in one spot, just uh, mm -hmm. just in case I want to hear this. Uh, my CD on, on a car or something, I just put it in the car and, and I have everything on it. That Japanese version is so funny to me because it obviously it exists because of Japanese tariff laws to encourage Japanese nationals to buy albums at home rather than importing mm -hmm. foreign uh, editions of the album. But the irony here is that now all of us Westerners want to export the Japanese edition of the album because it's the best version. <laughs> but what what we can do when, when like in the case of uh, Chaos and Creation, you put uh, you put a song like "She's She's So Beautiful." That was that was the mm -hmm. the title, which I like it very much, and it's it's the only opportunity to have this song. So you buy this Japanese CDs. <laughs> That's. That's the thing, <laughs> and I collected some some of this, and uh, I think also they sound a bit different compared to 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 the European mm -hmm. one, and I think it makes sense because uh, each each part of the world has got his his tradition, his sounds, and Luca, his. Luca, I tell you why he does it. He's guilty that he purposefully got himself arrested in Japan and fucked the nineteen seventy one Wings tour. Not not many artists anymore do the whole Japanese exclusive track thing. It's a bit of a mid-2000s thing, really. It's not that prelevant anymore. And there's a part of it that, that you know, there's just Paul there going, oh, every time I think about doing the track listing, I think of that suitcase. Hey, it could, well, it could be. It could be. You, you, I think you, you, you're only half joking here because it's, uh, it's a good reason. 100%. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine living in Tokyo and having one of those 79 Wings tour booklets and then they don't come? Oh, the pain. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for those people. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh, well, I, I read somewhere, probably it's mentioned also in my book, that uh, only a small percentage of Japanese fans dare to, to, 
you know, uh, to send back to yeah. send back the, the ticket for the concert to, to to have the refund because they wanted to 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 preserve this this ticket, and uh, <laughs> which is quite. <laughs> Quite incredible. Probably, I would have done the same thing, but anyway. <laughs> See, I can't. I can't believe this comes from the same fandom who, in the sixties, would throw away the sleeves to Beatles singles. Oh, when I found out my my parents did that, I couldn't. I, I couldn't look them in the eye, Luca. I really, I, I really <laughs> like she loves you. Yeah, we just threw it in the bin. Oh no, that's like a, that's like a thousand pounds now. <laughs> right, um, we've passed the hour mark. I don't. I don't want to keep you here too long. I want to ask an indulgent question now because I'm someone who's never received anything from MPL or a letter from uh, Capital or anything like that. How how how? Uh, what is the process of you receiving the album as as a preview to review? Do you get an email? Uh, do they say mm-hmm. you you can talk about this? You can't talk about this? Uh, no, I I can tell you exactly what they they do. Uh, since I'm I'm writing officially for these two magazines, I'm the one who is in charge of doing the McCartney reviews. Mm-hmm. So in the case of uh, Classic Rock, which has uh, also an Italian uh, magazine, mm-hmm. is a paper magazine. So they need to have the the, the pre-listening in advance mm-hmm. compared to a website. So they asked for for me to have uh, the the files, and I have received uh, the files not from MPL but from um, Universal directly from the US. So you can you you can only stream this. You can only stream and and, um, listen for yourself. Uh, It allows you to 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 have multiple um, listening, which is fine because. Just one listening is not enough. So I was able, I was able to to have uh, you know ten days of um, of listenings and to to to, to write a, a proper a proper review uh, for classic rock, and and then the file disappears and that's uh, that's also no physical product. Uh, so that that was the that was the process and the, that is why because I'm I'm in charge of doing the the McCartan reviews. Mm. And so, so you're, you're you're credited in some in some way, and so they send you the files, and, that, and that's uh, and that's all. So there's no in- instructions like, please don't mention yeah. this this bit in uh, lavatory, Lil. We want to surprise people. Or... No, uh, they only told told uh, everyone to not uh, uh, spread out reviews before uh, a specific date that I, I think at the time was uh, something like. Uh, uh, mid-November, mm-hmm. so they didn't want to have any additional reviews except for the Rolling Stone one and uh, Uncut, I think. Yeah. Uh, so for all the other, it was, well, let's publish your review after uh, 15 of November. So in my case, the review was published on, at the end of November on, on this uh, paper magazine, so we were fine with it. Uh, that was the only, the, only, the only limitation. I mean, it's... Uh, for them, uh, it's it's uh, just to to organize the priorities, and they know the Rolling Stone is number one mm-hmm. for the US, and they know the Uncut is the, the the one they choose for the UK or everything. So that's a, that simple process. I think we all have appreciated also other people that uh, that had the chance to to listen to it. The fact that it was not one listening, because I think in the past with new. I wasn't in charge at the time, but 
a colleague of mine that has uh, told me that he, he has a chance to to listen to new just once and then he oh, has he had to once. do yeah and he had to do the review after just one single listening which uh, doesn't make sense i mean well, McCarthy's music, McCarthy's music is, is, is music that you have to You have really to. Listen. You have to listen yeah. to it over and yeah. over again. You have to. Exactly. exactly. I mean, I've been somewhat illegally listening to it for weeks now. I don't feel like I've cracked half of my opinions on this album yet. Uh, it, is, it is compulsive listening for me. Like, the moment I get on my, get on my bike to, go, to, to uh, go somewhere, the first thing I hear is not the sound of my chain. It's... Every single time, you know, and I can't wait till it's officially out and I can show other people legally. Well, I I can tell you, I can tell you the 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 sound which I had the chance to to listen to this uh, proper files and the sound is spectacular. I mean, it's uh, it's really really well recorded. So I think it's uh, also sound wise, uh, it's a great album. Now. Without pressuring you too much for an answer here, obviously you kind of touched on this earlier. So are the fact that there's many unreleased uh, or kind of unofficial Paul McCartney songs as well as two new Paul McCartney albums, does that mean we're going to be getting some new Luca Perazzi reading material in the future? We will. Uh, this time I, I've changed a bit uh, my, my approach. So the recording sessions was really for, yeah, let me say hardcore fans, but... You know, it, the way it's structured, it is structured. It's it's uh, you know all the songs, but in uh, in the order of recording dates. Which all this I stuff. love. I love that it's in that order. I love that it's not in the order of albums. I think it's fucking yeah. great. I love it. I love it. This would be different because I I went for for the release uh, dates, but anyway, each each entry uh, will have uh, his own information. So it will be two volumes this time, two volumes, because in, in the meantime, I had uh, many interviews with, with musicians, many interviews, uh, additional interviews, m- more material. And so one volume is not enough. This time it will be two volumes that will cover everything from McCartney to McCartney 3. That's that's the thing, and uh, oh, so you're redoing the book, basically. I'm redoing. I'm redoing anything. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, simply a rewrite. There will be additional material, additional information, a lot of uh, stuff. There will be, there will be, a, you know, a, a proper publishing. I mean, in terms of uh, layout uh, and all the stuff. I mean, it's. Um, and there's going to be a hard copy. It's not going to be one of these pandemic online only books, is it? No, no, it's uh, it's uh, if you if you're talking about ebook or something. Well, I don't know about the ebook version. Probably there would be, but it would be it would be printed. Uh, so it's it's a it's a nice project I'm uh, I'm building, and I think uh, well, let's let's wait for 2021 because it's it's a long thing. There's a lot of work to be to be put. I think the first thing it will be out in Italian. Probably the next month because the Italian version is is ready. So we're we're working on on the layout and all this and all these things. And then English one, it's um, it's good, it's good, but it needs some more work. So wait for it, and you'll be pleased. 
Well, if you need anyone to do the audio book for you, I can do one hell of, a, of uh-huh. an Italian accent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I'll be able to do, and I'll be able to uh, pull it off perfectly. Luca, thank well, you so much for coming on today. I am, I'm so, ex- I'm just so satisfied that I've been able to finally get McCartney three off my chest. It's like I've been holding a deep dark secret the past few weeks. I've been speaking to people on this show, can't talk about McCartney three, and I feel like I've just been through a, a very well earned exorcism. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, and you know, just re- and and thank you for giving me a scoop as as, as well, and and an exclusive here on uh, Paul on. I think. Yeah, sure. Is sure. there anywhere? Um, uh, uh, is there anywhere where people can find you? Uh, is, is is there anything you're working on that you want to bring uh, draw us to right now, or any websites? Or I have a little website. It's not a well. I don't know if it's a proper website. It's a website, uh, <laughs> but it has a, a, a such a complicated address so people can find me a lot there'll be a link down below don't worry there'll be a link yeah so i'm well they can find me on on some forums mainly the steve hoffman forum which is uh these days these days full of opinions and and you know reactions and everything but it's still yeah the best forum so i'm i'm actively part of it I should probably start posting on there, actually. That's one of the few places I haven't actually advertised this podcast. I've, I think you, you I have to. I think you have to. There, there, are, That's, there are a lot of people which are interested in, in uh, hearing this kind of uh, uh, podcast, so do it. I'll be, I'll, I'll no, be sponsoring I'm, you. Yes, I've got, I'll, I'll, I've got one backer. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, again, thank you so much, dude. Thank you, thank, Thanks thank, to you, thank, Sam. Thank you very much for... for, for, for this has been really fun. Uh, every, everyone, this is Luca Perazzi, who is, my, you know, no lack of a phrase, the kindest man on earth because he came on this podcast when we literally were nothing and we hadn't even done, I don't think we'd even gotten up to like Venus and Mars at that point, uh-huh. like four years ago when I was much, much thinner and much less hairy. You know, a lot of time has passed and... I'm getting all nostalgic, so thanks for coming back on. And it's not going to be three years before I have you on again. Hope so. And uh, thanks again, Sam. It was uh, really a pleasure, like like the first time. I mean, and this uh, this has been a little bit different because we have some new stuff. So thanks again, and um, and wait uh, for the next episode. I mean, George said see you around the clubs, but yeah. I'm going to say <laughs> see you around the Steve Hoffman forums. Sure, sure. <laughs> Let's do it. And there we are, folks. That was my third conversation now with famed McCartney author Luca Perazzi. Ugh, wasn't that just wonderful? I adore having him on the show. I can't wait to have him on again, you know, when that next unnamed project perhaps is unveiled. I will, you know, I'll definitely be keeping my own tabs on that, as I'm sure many of you will. I, of course, as you can imagine, am very excited about any potential new content from Luca. His book is its just fucking awesome. Go and read it if you haven't already. And if you have read it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if we can get all of Luca's thoughts and facts on all the Denny Lane songs, all the unreleased material, the B-sides, the scrapped numbers, the hot hits and the cold cuts, then life is just going to feel all that more complete, isn't it? But we're going to have to wait and hope this episode passed, you know, just a bit over an hour 
of that time we have to wait till Luca's new project comes out I hope you all enjoyed the episode folks and I am sure Denny Lane is already playing us out already please get in contact with the show at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com hit us up on our Twitter page which is at McCartneyPod Follow us on our blog, our sister blog for bonus Paul or nothing content at www.paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube simply by typing in Paul McCartney Pod or Paul or Nothing. Please leave us a five star review, maybe even a little comment as well. And if you want to give back to the show, if you want to buy me a beer or a coffee and say thanks for the show, please consider joining our wonderful Patreon family and throw a few dollars at the show down the internet every month my way. Once again, grazie mille for listening, folks. Peace and love, peace and love. Ciao. Play us out, Dennis.